Welcome. I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning, a podcast about making meaning, manifestation, and energies we navigate. How we create through archetypes, symbols, spirituality, and our instincts and intuition. A philosophical life hack for the Aquarian age. My expertise? The shadow side of human beings and energies like the law of attraction to challenge traditional thinking on creativity, culture, and religion. At some point in your life, your creative work, your life itself, will become a spiritual journey, the heart of being human. Experience led to knowledge and unlocked mysteries I'd never heard anyone talk about in terms of creativity, religion, and faith. So as uncomfortable as this is for me, the foundation of this podcast starts with a story that changed my life. What's behind my creative journey and what led to my psychic thriller series was hard to, cha- hard to share, and, and the first time opening up about my story was in Writer's Success Stories, published by Adam Hoagie's Living Tree Publishing in December 2022. This book debuted at number one on Amazon and number four on the Wall Street Journal's bestseller list. It's who I am, even if nobody knew. Experience is the most powerful teacher. I'm a rebel Christian. Religion confounded me as a young church-going girl. So God became a star above. When you wish upon a star became a prayer and led to a secret journey. As a doubter about the stories told to me in church, I was indoctrinated through my mother's faith. I'm still fumbling around on how to best share the revelations I've experienced on the way to where I am, but it begins with her. Church was non-negotiable with my mom. I'd been moved into the master bedroom, which had a private bathroom once my dad had died, the significance of which I didn't decipher until my late 30s, when the fantasy of our family crashed through my life and put me on the road that led me where I am now. Mom would come into my room on Sunday. Time to get up, time to get up, she'd shake me. I'd cuddle further into my blankets and pretend to be asleep. (laughs) She knew, but she'd let me sleep. The punishment was silence on Sunday once she came home from church. She wouldn't smile, talk to me, or sit in the same room. The next week, I'd promise to attend with her. The language used in the first Christian church was liberal compared to most churches. Yet the talk of sins, forgiveness, and human unworthiness repelled my senses. But my mom's faith? It stuck. Or rather, the importance of her faith to her life became ingrained in me. The traditional organized religion structure isn't relatable to modern life. Then there are the scandals, deplorable lies, and obfuscation, and the autocratic control the men in charge demand, most of them white. The political wrangling on behalf of the powerful, the sexual misconduct that became a Catholic priest shuffling game was the end for me. 
Gen Z and Gen X generations are turning away from church and flocking to the metaphysical because organized religion has failed and sold out for power. Old systems beg to be upgraded or replaced, with 2022 seeing young people put their sun sign on their profiles. Astrology apps galore. The truth has gone missing from pulpits across organized religion and inside our elite institutions with the trickle-down effect of the noise causing rising anxiety, especially among young people. So why astral soul lightning? The cosmic soul connection I write and talk about is a religious experience akin to Christian awakening, a spiritual resurrection for anyone who feels betrayed by organized religion but know there is something more than us, that God is real, however you describe him. The Magi, following the star of Bethlehem, were likely astrologers. The meaning of Magi is a magician. We all have the capacity to be magicians in our own life, but we must reorient what it means to be spirit inside a body. Astronomy, astrology, and ancient mythology are tools missing from the investigation of human spirituality and religiosity. But some of this stuff has to be redefined. We are in a new era of spiritual reformation. March 7th heralds a challenging time for old religious structures and dogma when the planet of structure, Saturn, moves into the constellation of Pisces for two and one half years. This is a tear it down to build it back better vibe. We'll all feel it personally, but it will rock the collective. I'm not an astrologer, although I depend on the mathematical calculations of astrologers to inform and confirm my instinctual clairvoyance. I have put several astrologers as sources in my books so people know who, who you can trust, because you can't trust everyone in astrology, philosophy, religion, politics, you name it. I'm a creative master and spiritual healer who's experienced the seasons of the planets and stars by choosing to live through them and engage in astrological, spiritual, and instinctual tugs for life decisions. Discoveries on the road didn't explain the mysterious instinctual knowledge I had since I was a child or my organic psychic gifts, something I believe we all share to one degree or another. After my father passed, one night late, I awoke to an uneasy feeling and went to close my bedroom door. Across the television room, near the kitchen in our small house, I, I saw a small figure. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. The outline of a person with no distinct features, not necessarily eyes or a chin, but the rounding figure. There was no doubt to me who it was. My father's energy and spirit flooded the space between us as he looked my way. I closed the door to the master bedroom, the room where he died, and never told anyone in the family. 
I was in high school. This wasn't my first or last metaphysical experience. What I understood now as natural human gifts played with my mental health, believe me. Coupled with deep lasting family trauma that was pushed way down, my life became a battleground, battleground to survive, something I traversed alone, behind closed doors, in silence. It would be many decades before I could unravel our tortured family story and talk about it. I, I didn't intend to end up on this road of cosmic coach and spiritual teacher, spiritual healer, rather, but this is where destiny has led me after decades of creative adventures. This podcast is an effort to share my experiences with the mysterious and why the universe holds clues to human achievement, peace, and human evolution. The intent of this podcast is to help you decipher what rhythms and energies mean, encourage and prod experiment and play with theories, and ways to solve challenges using astronomy, astrology, mythology, and spirituality as creative life tools. The foundation of this podcast is illustrating another way to live. A God-centered spirituality that empowers by reimagining meaning. Information important for you to consider because it changed my life <laughs> and opened a wondrous and mysterious universe beyond religion and religious dogma. The library of my mind includes unexplainable experiences, psychic phenomenon, downloads, energetic waves impacting our moods, thoughts, and our mental health, whether we acknowledge them or not. A person doesn't need to quote-unquote believe in astrology for the universe above to hold sway over each of our lives. I'll explain as we go along this season. The first time I made a psychic pronouncement, I was around seven. There are things I've known that manifest with no explanation why I knew they would in advance. A quote. Astrology is the oldest of the occult sciences. It is also the origin of science itself. Benson Bobrick, The Faded Sky, Astrology in History. We're in a new year. A new moon in the constellation of Aquarius on January 21st, 2023, the day this podcast was uploaded. A perfect launch day for whatever creative endeavor you envision. Its power lasts for around three days. The battle between astrology, science, and religion has raged since the Enlightenment, yet all three have something in common. Imagination. Albert Einstein, a central figure of this podcast series, Einstein's theory of relativity was published on November 25th, 1915. It wasn't proven until a solar eclipse in 1919. Einstein said it himself in an interview with the Saturday Evening Post. Early listeners know this quote. I believe in intuitions and inspirations. I sometimes feel that I am right. I do not know that I am. I was not surprised when the eclipse of May 29, 1919 confirmed my intuitions. I would have been surprised if I had been wrong, end quote. 
That is Einstein in the Saturday Evening Post. Bono is correct in proclaiming, quote, life is a creative act, end quote. Imagination is the toggle. Astronomy coupled with astrology opens a portal to improve navigation of instinctual and into and into intuitive messages, sorry, humans navigate. That gut feeling isn't an aberration, nor is it perfect pitch. Another quote. I, through this book, have been the most vulnerable in my life, and I've never felt stronger. That is Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex, talking to Stephen Colbert. The dot-com bomb was a crisis point in my life. I'd lost my car, my dignity, and couldn't understand how this could happen. I'd made righteous decisions, worked hard, paid my own way, yet here I was. So I decided to go back to church. I hadn't been in years, except the Christian church I found in the directory required a car. I had to find a church service in my neighborhood because my car had been repossessed. I took a walk to a church listed in the directory that was nearby, Lutheran, which I didn't know. But when I arrived, the service had already started. There was no way I could walk into a foreign church service late. Late to church was inappropriate, according to my mother. (laughs) Crestfallen, I, I walked to the corner where I spied people walking up the sidewalk and turning to walk into another church on the next corner. I followed them. Before everything went south, I'd taken trips to Western Europe and visited some of the great churches in Italy. Inside the Sistine Chapel, where I went with my sister, I burst into tears the moment my foot hit the flooring of the chapel. My sister was my only witness, but it shook us both. Churches are my happy place. So I looked around the strange, beautiful chapel I'd entered, and the program identified it as the Episcopal Church. The wall at the far end behind the pulpit was a mysteriously painted wall that seemed to show a void above. There were religious icons and stained glass window around the church, but none here. It appeared to me as a secret gateway to the mysterious. The service electrified me. The pastor was a woman, something I'd never experienced. I sang my heart out, but the strange custom of turning to your neighbor to shake their hand freaked me out. There were gay men sitting arm in arm inside the church, which filled me with joy. At one midnight Christmas Eve service, I found myself singing first alto, next to Hal Holbrook and his wife, Dixie Carter, who was singing a gorgeous first soprano. Not only did I continue to worship at this church, walking every Sunday to the sermons, but their modest Wednesday service in a separate chapel became a mainstay of my weeks until time was up and I was close to eviction. Made an appointment to talk to one of the pastors. I ended up sitting across from the woman who headed this church, the Episcopal, the Episcopal priest who'd given the sermon, pleading my case for help with rent. 
After hearing my story, she said, in her experience, God doesn't mess with people so dramatically unless they have something, unless he has something important for you to do. I'm not the only person to whom she said these words, I'm sure, but it didn't matter. A day of meditation afterward led to a personal epiphany through a spiritual experience. If you've ever been bowled over by the presence of energy and light, you can't explain, you understand. The instincts I'd followed since I was a child kicked in. What followed was miracle upon miracle. Where I am today was guided by a similar event that led me to shrug off my inability to share my life and endeavor to make witness of the mysteries that have been revealed to me since. It's always darkest before it goes completely black. The way back for me became a secret journey of enlightenment through unimaginable experiences. The three wise men weren't soldiers or aimless travelers across a desert. Jesus wasn't a white man and God isn't a white man in the sky. As a, as a contrarian Christian, the story of Jesus became a chance to rewrite the revolutionary story in a way I could understand yet respect the immense power of this man through history. What I wrote in Citizen Kate about Mary and Jesus is a personal interpretation of a relationship that a pope and organized religion reduced to a minor event, but which I believe requires total reimagining. A quote from Matthew Dowd, a Catholic, to Nicole Wallace on MSNBC's De Deadline White House. A huge part of this anti-Semitism, so sadly and discouragingly, comes from white evangelical churches. Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross a white Christian. Jesus Christ died on the cross at Calvary a Jewish person of color, end quote. Amen, Matthew Dowd. Three wise men followed the star of Bethlehem because they were Gentile astrologers looking for light in a time of Roman dominance. The legend and mythology of Jesus has obliterated the power of this revolutionary, whose greatest disciple was just as likely to have been a woman as any of the famous men who wrote books about him. Yet in religions across the world, women today remain second class, powerless, banished to the laity, and where ancient taboos reside. All this is about to change. I'm no quote-unquote wise man, but my journey began in similar desperation. Profound instincts and revelatory images had filled my young life. How did I know things would happen before they did? Why were my instincts so accurate? Religion called this heresy. The journey to reclaim my faith and understand the trajectory of my life began with rhythms of the moon. Mythologically, the moon equates to our emotions, instincts, how we feel on any given day. The astronomy of a new moon is when the sun, moon, and earth are aligned in space. The mythology behind a new moon is auspicious. Beginnings, launches, and anything new 
are favored. Entrepreneurs, politicians, venture capitalists, and creatives often pick launch dates, meeting dates, change dates out of thin air. It's akin to making New Year's resolutions in April. When you begin something this year, consider a new moon and the three to four days after, afterward. This is general advice, but right now, if you're, if you're listening to this around January 21st, 2023, this is an auspicious time to start something new. This is what I do. I comb through research, read, and listen to material on the seasons ahead, so you don't have to, and my gifts do the rest. It's not about minutia. It's about the wide lens of life. Daily horoscopes put astrology back on the map in the 20th century, but they're a practice I wouldn't suggest. You'd be much better off meditating daily and looking at, looking at astrology in larger spans of time. The astronomy of a full moon is when the moon is, quote, exactly 180 degrees opposite the sun in the ecliptic longitude, according to astronomers like the people over at earthsky.org. For our purposes, it's when the moon is entirely lit up by the sun. Endings are featured during a full moon, letting go of what no longer serves your life. An inauspicious time for beginnings. The rhythm of the moon's orbit is an introduction for you, a place where flow can begin anew, if you so choose. This is a tectonic year filled with shifts. The universe is moving and shaking. We can feel something shifting on Earth. We are beginning new cycles across constellations, planets, and in our midst. Upshot, humanity is about to begin the largest shift in consciousness since the Enlightenment. One of the clearest ways to see patterns above is to look at history below on Earth using constellations, mythology, and large life lessons. From a sports reporter during the January 1, 2023 NFL game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Raiders, quote, In 2008, during the housing crash, we lost everything, our house, my dad's business, It took a couple of years to get back on our feet, watching my dad stay true to what we believe in, what we stand for while providing for us, and still helping me level up as a young athlete. That's when I first saw sacrifice, end quote. This quote is from San Francisco 49er quarterback Brock Purdy. He was the last NFL draft pick in 2022, derisively nicknamed Mr. Irrelevant. He has rescued the 49ers at the end of 2022 and into 2023 when the first and second string quarterbacks were injured. He's broken 49er records and won 11 games straight, including a playoff game. When Purdy was asked further by this female sports correspondent if he felt pressure, he said, quote, I feel gratitude. Whether I win or lose, I'm not defined by this game. What was the astronomy in 2008? The planet Pluto went into the constellation of Capricorn in 2008. 
Capricorn is governed by the mother of all architecture builders, Saturn. If something in your life isn't working, Saturn comes along to tear it apart and build it back better for you. Pluto has been in Capricorn for 15 years, the past 15 years. The ancient mythology of the planet Pluto and its crossing into constellations doesn't fit any longer because we're not ancient people grasping to figure out life on Earth without any information to help us. Our society is advanced, so our astrological assessments and our mythological descriptions require reassessment and redefining. Research brought me to a modern way to look at the Roman god of the dead and the Greek ruler of the underworld, Pluto. Quote, if Pluto is about anything, it's about journeying. We cannot escape the journey laid out for us. We can resist it. We can scorn it. We can wait until our last breath or take it up on our first. The choice is always ours. But eventually, we must engage with it. And in the process, we are challenged, changed, and brought closer to the true nature of our being. That's shawneenicholas.com. Brock Purdy is a Capricorn sun. This means he was born when the sun was in the constellation of Capricorn. But we all have Capricorn in our astrological birth charts, what I call our cosmic tattoo. From 2008 to 2023, note where Brock Purdy has traveled. Purdy went from very hard family times to seeing quote-unquote sacrifice for the first time to the top of the NFL competing for the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy traversed through one of the most serious shifts in a person's life, as did many of us. What did Brock, what did Brock Purdy learn from this Pluto trip that lasted 15 years? After losing everything, watching his dad stay true to what they believed in, he saw sacrifice, and what he came away with was gratitude. That's a word you're going to hear a lot from me. Now let's look at Prince Harry, a.k.a. the Duke of Suc- Suc- Good grief. Sussex, <laughs> is a Capricorn rising, and boy, has he been on a journey. The world has watched him. In 2007 and 2008, he was in Helmand Province, Afghanistan in the middle of a war. And he resigned his commission in 2015. Married Meghan Markle in 2018. The Duke of Sussex's book, Spare, has broken world records for the fastest nonfiction seller in history. Guinness Book of World Records put out a tweet to this effect. Harry's Capricorn transit required tearing down his entire life and all he knew from top to bottom, and it required strategic risk, like the autobiography, which is really amazing. Critics have lectured him to stay silent. Even Patty Davis, Ronald Reagan's daughter, did. But we 
But he followed his own compass to free his own family. Whatever blowback came, be damned. That is courage to find your authentic path, not the one you were given or expected to walk. Brock Purdy and Prince Harry felt the Pluto-Capricorn transit, whether they believed in it or not. I felt it and experienced it too. Have you had a personal journey that began somewhere around 2008 and is now coming to a head or opening up in a new way? By the way, astronomy tells us of these transits in advance. Now Pluto is ready to move on in a big way. Mythologically, Aquarius is a sign of new ideas, the collective, progress, and freedom. Pluto will dance back and forth in the constellation of Capricorn in 2023 and 2024 before settling into Aquarius on November 19, 2024, according to the astronomy, until 2044. <laughs> Pluto in Capricorn was big. Pluto in Aquarius is gigantic, a much longer transit, and the world will be different once this transit is finished. Think revolution, reform, and long overdue change of institutions like religion. In other words, evolution. The point of being spirit in human form. To face challenges, wrangle with change, but relent in favor of progress. Evolution is one direction. It can be delayed, never denied. We each choose how fast or slow. Astronomy is foreshadowing. Here's the current astronomy important to you. Mars is direct. Mercury went direct January 18th. Uranus goes direct January 22nd. Prepare, prepare for big changes until this planet goes retrograde later this year. All planets direct until April, when the faded eclipse seasons begin. So launch, reach out, get busy, creating a life that really is authentic to you. Venus goes retrograde this summer, but don't worry. Mercury retrograde will be in Earth signs this year, which means we'll be a little more grounded amid the pause. And by the way, Mercury retrograde is fabulous. You just know how to, you have to know how to use these energies. As creatives, it's great for rewriting, but we'll talk about that. Eclipses will shift. So will the, so will the nodes, the north and south node, which I'll get into another time. But the eclipses will be in Taurus, Scorpio axis, but also the Aries-Libra axis, but what, so, what this solidifies for 2023 at, is that this is like a bridge year, in my estimation. Progress will be made, but it's more about solidifying changes and reorienting, our, reorienting ourselves to living the life we want from the breaks we've made and the changes we've made and the, the stuff we've left behind that no longer serves us. Jupiter is in the constellation of I am Aries until May. Aries is the first zodiac sign. This means Jupiter, planet of expansion and blessings, 
has begun a new trip around the zodiac. Then there's Lilith, which changed signs on January 9th, going into Leo. First, I have to say, um, Lilith is not your shadow side. Our shadow side is revealed when we live, act, react, and choose through our ego. This is the path of least resistance. The power of Lilith can't be found on the path of least resistance. So what is Black Moon Lilith or Lilith? The podcast finale last year, which went viral to my delight, gives minute details about Lilith. Here's the short version. Black Moon Lilith or Lilith is a point, literally a point. The furthest point of the moon's orbit, its apogee, is where Lilith resides. It's not a planet, a star, or any physical object or an asteroid, but identifies the calculation point of the moon's most distant point from Earth, thus the name Black Moon Lilith. In Leo, my take is Lilith is about authenticity out loud. No apologies, just here I am. Astrologer Sarah Vriba said on Patreon that in this position, it's about taking creative play and fun seriously. She's also on YouTube and offers what I believe is a modern take on astrology. Again, her name is Sarah Vriba, V as in Victor, R-B-A. To close, one last quote. For 5,000 years from ancient Sumeria and Babylonia to the present day, the stars have been viewed as shaping by divine power the course and destiny of human affairs. Indeed, according to the New Catholic Encyclopedia, the earliest symbol of deity known to us, the sign for God was a star. Benson Bobrick, The Faded Sky, Astrology in History. Think about your life through your imagination. Visualize what you want out of your life. Rhythm isn't in your brain, the computer of being. Visualization is electrified through the mind, the magnet for the law of attraction. The astronomy of the universe holds secrets that astrology reveals, which is different for each of us, personal and highly subjective. Honesty separates what rings true and what doesn't. Only you can decide what's meaningful for your life. What I'm here to do is offer a vibrant way to think about the universe, the celestial bodies, and the spirituality we create as a result to challenge the status quo on living as a human. Religion isn't required. Faith is. I'm Taylor Marsh, and you've been listening to Astral Soul Lightning. Until next time.